days where y'all yes. used to have some yes. tight ends. I think Kelsey's inspired y'all trying to make a comeback at that position. Shockey was, was goaded for sure. Oh, man. That man, he was – Shockey might as well have been black. Man went to the U. Well, see, that's not the way he that works. His whole team was black. Doug and, you know, Jolly. Don't forget him. We had we had a lot Ooh. of Doug Jolly, bro. He caught some tutties back in the day. You keep bringing him up. He did. He caught some tutties. Played for Tampa. He played for the Raiders. Maybe Philly for a year or so. He is not on the level of the tight ends we've mentioned. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, it's it's. Uh, don't forget Mike Allstott. Uh, I mean, that dude had like 15 touchdowns one year. Never gets talked about. Man, that white running back extinct. It is. We had we had just about. There was a there was a pump fake year, wasn't there? May, like, again, maybe McCaffrey will inspire no, a too, new charge. Too tough to go back and at that. No, what are you talking about? I'm sure McCaffrey's inspired a bunch of seven on seven white kids. Yeah. to say I'm going to be a running back. Right. But you don't it, think but, so? But now, that family was incredibly athletic. Yeah, his, the McCaffrey's his family brother is playing receiver at Rice. Oh, they are incredibly athletic. Now, so not every and white like kid that inspires to be him can that's right. do it. No, it's because that's what happens. Like, oh, but you, I'm sure he's oh, inspired a little. I want to be a, a running back. Then exactly. you run a you run a four seven, dude. I mean, you yeah. can't be a running back when you're running so, a yeah. four seven. Kicker, quarterback, maybe defensive end if you've got some athleticism. Yeah, it's just something to monitor. So it's a watch. It's not a warning. It is a watch though, on at that position. At edge rush. But just know this. The best football teams, the best organizations, they have both. They have both what? White and black working together. That's right. To be the best. Mahomes, white and black. You've talked about the actual merging of the two races. I'm just saying to have your best team, to bottom line this conversation that we've talked about, sports becoming so racial, John, when is it at its best? When everyone is together and unified, Memphis Grizzlies, City's team. God, dog, that's beautiful. <laughs> it is, and it's so true. Yes. So why we why, why we being you know so polarizing with it? I I, I think we should. Our, uh, the best uh, of our teams have both. We should aspire and we to be learn less from polarized. All sides, all yes. of us. There, yes. So much so that there are no sides. The sides begin to melt away. Is that possible? Well, National Geographic says it is. Eventually, you're gonna look just like me. Brad's oh, family right. gonna look just like me. It's gonna be a bunch of light, a bunch of light skins. Uh-huh. Weirdly, we're all mixed up, but like right, green right, eyes. Right. National yeah, Geographic. I, I know you don't want. I know white America I know, has. I, a, I saw that. White America has a hard time with this. I, 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 I don't have that hard of a time. But let me tell you. Let me tell you this right now. You drive through Missouri, and you'll see it. What Missouri? That's where it's happening. You'll see the new race. The new race. It's not new anymore. Because there's some of us OGs in this game, you know, yeah, came yeah, up exactly. in the 70s. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You, and even you, before then, you there were some. so they could run. Yeah. There were ones before me, but you, but, but that go through Missouri now. Because Missouri, Missouri, as much as it's a, I don't know if you know this, it's a Trump state. Oh yeah. But if you look at the people as you drive through, as you stop in the little towns, especially, okay, especially in the town of Columbia. I've been to Branson, bro. You will see what National Geographic talking about. Now that's an older study. Have they updated it? I mean, is it? Are they? I still haven't seen the numbers lately okay. because then I could tell you the year. I that remember this is, that study. Yeah, there was a year that this is expected to happen when most yeah. of America again will be so mixed up, like a melting pot. A hundred percent. Yeah, looking yeah. like me. Right. And I know that's a threat to you because you don't want to give up I, Ireland, Germany, 
right? Yes. I mean, if you I don't want to get, but the, and that's the way you see that. But don't. Yeah, that's America. Because in the end, know that it's for the best, just like we've talked about. If I really need with to these get teams back in and touch these... with with that, I uh-huh. could just go to Serbia or something, bro. Like, I, I, there are safe places for me. Bro, if that's the, what the, I want to do. I feel like the mixed race population in Missouri is through the roof. Okay. Keep in mind, it's where it started for my mom and daddy. It is. It so is. they've been doing it long time. Okay. There are still places in the South that are like, he's with who? She's with what? Still having a hard time with it. And today? But as you go north, yes, today, fool. Oh, my God. Still frowned upon in places. What are you talking about? Really? Yeah. I, I would not have imagined that. In 2023? What? I mean, I, I feel like we've, we've moved past that. Bro, Stop. I mean, if you I, think I if, everywhere, if, but I was, so you in in the in the South, if Annie, yeah, and like uh, you know, to the if Annie brings Demarco in Jasper, Alabama, to maybe. the all white family reunion, you don't think there's gonna be some problems with it? Demarco, that, yeah, uh, yeah, in Jasper, Alabama, Deron, that, but there's yep. there's no hope for that place anyway. It's the South. My point is, my point is, what you'll see is as you go, as you as you go, especially the, I feel like the gateway is Missouri. Yeah, the Missouri apparently is where everybody just meets up. That's where it started. <laughs> it feels like to me. I feel like the mixed race population. I'd I'd like to see the numbers. I feel like they're high there. Okay. Yes. Well, but we'll put a question. Point, National Geographic. We're all gonna be one eventually anyway. That's Y'all right. Better get used to it. We better get used to it. You know, let's just let's just address it on the front end. I know you don't like hearing that. No, I think it's a good. Time. I'm gonna go get that year so I can let you yeah, know. Yeah, so, so I can let y'all know it, and you can be ready. Yeah, go I'll, get I'll, your Patriot Supply. Uh, that's exactly right. I'm ready. I am ready for the uh, Patriot coming Supply. race war. Com. That's what I'm told. There's a there's a coming race war. All right, we'll come back with the rundown. Adam Chernoff's gonna join us at 12:25. Talk NFL with him. And more. Stick around. Jason and John, 92 FM, ESPN. Adam Chernoff gonna join us at 12:25. We'll talk the. Betting weekend ahead in the NFL, Jason. Get you uh, maybe some picks, because uh, I know you were wondering uh, what, to, what, what to play this weekend. Yep. Uh, so we'll do that um, in about 10 minutes. But before we do that, i got a little update for you on DeAndre Williams. Let's go with the rundown. It's the rundown with the biggest stories of the day from Jason and John on 92.9 FM ESPN. First story. Oh, man, you're going to love this. Get ready for this update. Jason Munns out there at the press conference. I know obviously everybody's out there at the press conference. He's the one who saw, I saw the tweet from. Penny says he hopes to get a final decision from the NCAA on DeAndre Williams soon. Mama, there goes that man. Can you believe this? I mean, we, we, we wondered, would it come near? Would it come far? Would it have already come? It is coming soon, Jason. Plan your calendar around soon. Can you believe this? I am floored by this development. Yes, I can believe it. Unbelievable. I uh, did not, not expect since, to have any closure today. Uh, yeah, soon is... Uh, Soon is about the most vague answer uh, you could have possibly gotten there. Um, also, like I would like to know, have you guys? Is it is it in the appeals process? You know, is it? Can, Why can't we just get to the bottom of that? Yeah, like we need to know, like where Penny, where where where, where he did do- use the term final? Well, he used the term appeal. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to say like a week or two ago. Uh, so, also, the way that months put it was final decision. Right. So 
there's already been a decision. There's not been a final decision. So it, final is when you stop fighting. My guess is when my guess, just reading the the leaves of tea. Read them. You know, like a, your you? Fa- your favorite tea. Maybe you you're like a, not a tea guy. Louisiana guy or a Lipton guy. I don't know what kind of tea you are. What not kind of, a tea man. You don't do sweet tea. Nope. Sweet tea is is uh is 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 really goaded, man. Don't get off task. Go ahead with your take. If you read the leaves of tea, Memphis has been told no. I've been told you that. And now they are trying to tell the NCAA, here's why you should say yes. And how receptive is the NCAA going to be to that is what we are awaiting. Um, well. But, but yeah, that, that, that's sort of what it feels like to me. I mean, it's October. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if I'm the NCAA, I'd ask you a question, Memphis. Okay. What was you saying when you wanted to fight us on James Wiseman? That was that was the old Once us. y'all throwing the finger sign at us then. That was the old me. But now you want to come through here and ask us to do you a favor and give you I had to grow. DeAndre Williams for a 12th season of college basketball. Well, man, basketball. y'all got me, man, for three games. You, y'all got some penny on the sidelines for three DeAndre games. You come back and play for y'all? We supposed to do you some favors now? Bro, he was bamboozled, led astray, run amok. By whom? Quit using that Malcolm X speech. He, you do that too much. He he was. I, I'm not telling you who it was from. It don't matter. It doesn't matter. He it was, does matter who that who who gave him that information. Uh, I'm asking. I'm the NCAA. You're still Memphis. Yeah. We're we're doing this right now. This yeah. is it. This is the case. Yeah. I'm asking. Who misadvised him? It was somebody. That, Where well, are they at? It was some, well. Do, I, do they work at Evansville? Did they work at Evansville again? How is that relevant to this young man? Now, you sound a lot like you did during IARP when you didn't remember nothing. But let me ask you this. But what you want a favor. What is your role? What is your Empower role? Empower kids. Right. To do right by the, the student athletes that represent your institution. Don't, that, give, we, don't give us this. We've sir, already been through it with sir, Mac Brown. He tried ma'am. this. Mac Brown tried this, too. Are you a ma'am little or ti- a sir? We saw his little tirade. Or they, them. Which is it? Whichever. Okay. Well, it's 2023. I, I, I just want to know just what your v- pronoun is. Address us as king. Okay. The, <laughs> the monolith. At, yeah. at least right here when you come into us like this. Yeah. Well, what I would like to ask you, that, whoever you are, uh, I'd like to ask you, is your role to uh, be vindictive, to hold things against a university <laughs> as it relates to one player? Or is your responsibility to empower the kids and, and, and by the way, give them chances, give them chances in life? All he wants to do, he's a great ambassador for your institution. He's, he's never uh, done anything wrong off the court. Okay, Don Jackson. He's been a fantastic representative of, of the University of Memphis and, the, again, by extension, the NCAA. And he would be a positive story. And so you're going to let your disdain – for Penny Hardaway, get in the way of doing right by the young man, and then if and if that is true, then you're a piece of crap. You're a piece of crap because there's there's what does it hurt? Who does it harm to allow DeAndre to play another year? Who does it harm? FAU, it harms FAU, but you don't give a damn about FAU, do you? We don't want to harm them. Well, you why all of a sudden we gonna try to protect FAU here? Well, they got Dusty May. We like Dusty May. May. Who cares about Dusty May? We like his message. Do, do do right. Do right by D. That's my campaign. Do right by D. Are they, are they, are your closing argument's done? Yeah, that's all I can that's all I can argue. What else can I argue reasonably? 
Okay. The an- the appeal answer is no. Well, y'all can go to hell. That's why y'all gonna lose uh, the tournament anyway. The NCAA tournament, we'll never lose that. Yeah, y'all gonna lose that. College football, we're losing it. But the NCAA, basketball, never. I mean, that is the problem fundamentally, right? If we're gonna just sort of be real about it, the problem with the DeAndre Williams case, we is just that did it. That was real. That's the best case Memphis can truly make. I mean, they can say that someone close to DeAndre Williams. Did lead him astray, and that could be true, but that also has nothing to do with the NCAA. If they're right? not NCAA certified, the people exactly. that were giving him the bad information. That's what's... more of a DeAndre Williams Again. problem than the NCAA's problem, and that's not right, and that's not fair, but it is what it is. And I mean, if they want to take a, a punitive, be an iron fist about it, then that's what they'll say. If they want to have a heart, they want to say, well, who's this really hurt? And he wants to play, you know, he wants to play one more year, you know, why not? Just rubbish. But, but we see, but as they we ain't discussed doing so much yesterday, it tops everywhere else we've discussed it. Why, why that, that they're going to have a heart from Memphis? They didn't even do it for North Carolina. I know. With whom they love. They love Carolina. They let Carolina off scot free and they were taking uh, fake academic programs for uh, student athletes. Yeah. Period. They were fake watching Fire Nemo in that class. And nothing happened. Nothing. So yeah, I mean, I, and I don't they got know, them. Like, That's so exactly. So I, my, my, they won't. I hope it. I'm wrong, and I hope we're wrong. But it just doesn't feel like the signs are tracking positively for Memphis as it relates to DeAndre Williams. Would you say that's fair? Say again. That the signs aren't tracking. No, positively. oh, it is. We've been here, and um, again, when when Penny says final decision soon, that's not just that doesn't just sound like okay, we'll we'll, we'll know it'll be done. Sounds like. Whatever comes this next time, the appeal process will be done too. We're done. We're done fighting with whatever comes too. Exactly is what that sounds like. That's the only thing I would add to that, John. Exactly. Nice job by you. Uh, so anyway, that's the latest. We're gonna come back. There's a lot more uh, to touch on, but we do have a uh, scheduled guest. So we'll talk to Adam Chernoff when we come back. Get his thoughts on the NFL week ahead. Uh, some some disappointing teams. Some teams that have maybe overachieved. All of that and more. Uh, with Adam, we get back. Jason and John, I turn FM, ESPN. Oh, yeah. Adam Turnoff is with Right Angle Sports. Download the Right Angle Sports app. It's good use for fantasy. It's good use for just getting more informed about the games that happen. He joins us every week, and he joins us now. Adam, what's going on, man? A little bit of a bye week last week with scheduling conflicts. That's right. So we're that's back right. Back in the saddle this week. Well, I, I I learned. Listen, I mean, every every pro deserves his off day, and and Friday is your off day for media. It's very it's very. Is that just because you've been doing the blitz Monday through Thursday, and you take that last day before the weekend starts to decompress? Well, the the window off during the week is kind of from like twelve p.m. to five p.m. on Friday, and so. It's really a lot of media Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then I have like a big spot early Friday morning at 5 a.m. So mm. once I get to Friday afternoon, I'm kind of gassed. I totally understand. Again, every, every even NFL players get that day off, so you are certainly well within your right to take it. All right, let's get into some plays that Right Angle has released uh, this week thus far. There could be more. There should be more, but this is what we have for now. I want to get to the side because there's only one side so far, and that is Giants plus one. That is on Monday night against the Seahawks. Just sort of on the surface, it's like, hmm, you have the Seahawks who have been really good. They beat the Detroit Lions and have like played really well. And you have the Giants who have not played nearly as well. Uh, what sort of is the thinking behind releasing Giants plus one, now minus one at most spots? Yeah, a couple things working in the Giants' favor here. First and foremost, they're going to get Andrew Thomas, their left tackle, back. That is an enormous 
return for them. Uh, Daniel Jones has struggled under pressure all season long, has had no time to throw. They get their best offensive line back, huge boost. They also get their left guard back as well, which is going to really sort of solidify things. So it's going to be the best that we've seen the Giants' offense look as a whole. Uh, Something else that really stands out within this game too, uh, when you think about kind of how the Seahawks got through last week against Carolina, a little bit tight to start, but the Panthers suffered some huge injuries on the defense as that game progressed. And so the Seattle Seahawks offense was able to take advantage of that, really opened things up in the second half, made the Seahawks offense look a lot better than it is, uh, but also kind of brought this number out where it opened at a point that we just kind of disagreed with. And so uh, Giants get a lot healthier. Offense is going to look great, and they get a pretty easy matchup here against the Seattle defense. I think it's a big bounce back for New York after what they faced the first three weeks of the season. How difficult is it? Um, because, you know, as we talk about sort of your group uh, known for, you know, shaping and, and moving a market, the NFL, as we've already discussed several times on, on, on this show, um, and then I'm, I'm sure you've discussed, you know, on others, is a much harder market to shape and a much harder market to to, to move. Plus one, minus one, you know, it, it is a move. It's not as much of one. Is it just harder, generally speaking, because there's so many different opinions in the NFL that you don't even, like, necessarily worry so much about what a number does or doesn't do, you know, if it only moves a half a point or a point? Like, I'm just curious, sort of, because of the of the market that you're betting into, do you just expect less of a reaction in the NFL? Yeah, a couple things. I mean, ideally, if everything was perfect, we could bet or release games out to the public and not have anything move so we could just keep doing it. Um, not really the case with with the respect that the group has garnered over the last two decades, so everything is going to move to an extent. But you're right that certainly with the NFL, not only do – more people have opinions overall. But any time that we give something out, I think it draws two conclusions. One, it's just a lot of people looking at that game that maybe they were not looking at before and trying to see what we bet and if they agree or disagree with it. But then number two is that a lot of people have far more opinions in the NFL than they might have with other sports. And it's just a lot of times that when a number moves into a different range, all of a sudden those opinions are going to be sort of validated for other people to take advantage of, which is why you're seeing a lot of things kind of get back in the NFL where if it's a college basketball game released on a Wednesday morning, right. a lot of people aren't going to have an opinion to disagree with that. So yeah. the NFL is, is unique in that way. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. I think that's a, that's a, that's a great point. Um, and and it's, it's a lot more time that elapses and you can reconsider and, and all, of these, all these different things. Uh, okay, I, I do want to ask about a previous game that I was watching closely because it was a release. It was the over on the Eagles-Bucks game. Unfortunately, it did not happen. Really should have happened. There was a lot of hijinks that took place in that game. But more specifically, Jalen Hurts' performance. Now, we heard after the game that he was dealing with you know, flu-like symptoms and, and, and things along uh, those lines. But he has not played that well, at least to my eye, all season long. I'm just curious t- to you from what you've seen of Jalen Hurts. Is, is he missing Shane Steichen? What's going on with Hurts at quarterback in, in Philly? Jalen Hurts and the Eagles so far this season have benefited from something they got a lot of last year, 
and that is getting very big early leads and playing from a very comfortable game state. And game state is something that references uh, just the differential in score depending on the time of game. And so when you think about how the Eagles season has gone so far through three weeks, big lead against New England, big lead against Minnesota, and then big lead against Tampa Bay. And so Hurts and the Eagles, specifically from the passing game, and even to an extent using his legs, they just haven't really been pushed yet. They haven't had a lot of pressure on them to score very quickly or to press the ball downfield. They've been in situations where they've just been content letting their offensive line dominate and keeping the ball on the ground and letting their multiple running backs find huge holes and run for big games and just sort of control the game. And so I don't look at him as over or underperforming so far through three weeks, I think he's just been extremely comfortable. There's going to be a time where this offense is going to be pressed and they have to do something. Super Bowl is a perfect example. And all of a sudden it looks explosive and dynamic, but we just, we're not seeing it. And this week we're probably not going to see it as well with the Eagles nearly a nine point favorite at home to the commanders. Uh, Cincinnati, I believe a two point favorite against the Titans uh, here in Tennessee. I'd ask you, Adam, What's go- how concerned are you about that calf injury for Burrow? Because if you do, you look at the numbers. I mean, he's he's clearly battling, but, I mean, the completion percentage is way down from his career. I think he's 28th, 29th in QBR. How, how concerned are you in terms of what Cincinnati is going to be able to accomplish this season and apparently willing to play Burrow through this? How concerned are you about that calf injury? A concern level for me is about a, a 6 out of 10, and a lot of it comes down to the accuracy issues mm-hmm. more so than maybe the lack of mobility. Against the Rams, he missed a couple pretty easy throws that yep. would be uncharacteristic for what we expect Joe Burrow to do, usually an extremely accurate quarterback. And so if he's able to sort that out, the concern level goes down a lot. And the reason why is because even in a game against the Rams, where the Rams and Raheem Morris, I mean, anybody watching could see how soft that coverage was from Raheem Morris. And Morris, the defensive coordinator for the Rams, basically said, we're going to sell out and not allow anything deep downfield. If you want to beat us, you're going to take four to seven yards at a time. You're going to have to go 12, 13 plays down the field, not make any mistakes, and just be efficient all game long. And that was the bet Morris made. And it almost worked for the Rams. But as you saw the game go on, the Bengals found a way to move Chase around. They got Joe Burrow really comfortable within the game. And that offense worked. And they were able to adjust. And so I don't think that teams can employ that strategy that Morris did as the season goes on, even if Burrow's really limited in his mobility. The Bengals' offense will find a way to make it work. But if this calf injury is really driving those accuracy issues for Cincinnati – that's where the concern comes from. So, again, it's more accuracy than it is lack of mobility, and that's something we'll really see on showcase here against the Titans who allow quarterbacks to have huge days against them every single week. Let's see what Burrow does this week. Yeah, uh, we are going to talk to Adam Chernoff from Right Angle Sports. joins us every week here on the show talking all things NFL. Um, It's funny, man, because, you know, when when you have – you have investment. You have there. There are two kinds. There's the financial investment, and then there's the emotional investment. And as it happens, oh, yes. as it happens, I happen to have both at play on Sunday night 
when the Raiders were taking on the Steelers. I, I had lots of investments. I had the under as an investment. I had the under on, on wins as an investment uh, financially. And then, of course, you get into it, and the Raiders have a chance to potentially tie this game, and Josh McDaniels opts to kick a field goal uh, inexplicably with two minutes left. I have to imagine that was a, uh, that was a fun development in the right angle headquarters, Adam. <laughs> What gets you going more, the financial or the emotional investment? Well, these days with two kids, it's financial. <laughs> you know, it's definitely the financial piece. But emotion, you know, it's it's funny. Like you get you win the bet, you feel good about the equity and the under on the win totals, but you're still like, I I want this team to be good. I want them to be. I want to look forward to them every week, and it's just simply right. not the case. Yeah. Um, yeah, I tell you, it's always a fun split between the two. We were certainly excited with the decision, but I, I still, I'm three days later, and I don't know how to think about the McDaniels sort of decision because I've seen arguments made for both sides. Uh, I don't know what's ultimately the right call. If I was in that position, I'm 100% trying to score the touchdown. I think what made this worse and so divisive is he made the bad decision seemingly twice. And obviously the one closer to the goal line, a lot worse. But I, I tell you, we are at a point as fans where the emotional decisions, the financial decisions, and being able to criticize every single coaching decision in real time with a group of thousands of others is just like an all-time easy access spot that uh, watching football from the emotional side, is more fun, arguably, than ever. So that was a, an interesting one on Sunday for sure. And then uh, a release uh, on the under 51. I got 50 and a half. I hope that's okay. I have a feeling it will be. Um, what are we thinking here? Is this directly related to uh, a feeling inside the HQ over there that Jimmy G is indeed not going to be able to go this weekend with the concussion protocol? Definitely part of it. Um, this total as a whole was just really, really high when it was above 50. Now it's at 47.5 because of the injury news. If you're listening, unfortunately, you missed it a little bit. But something to take forward. I'll give listeners two things to think about um, since this total is kind of out of reach. One is that whether you're betting, maybe you're playing fantasy, whatever it might be, the NFL this year has a five-step concussion protocol that has all five steps really clearly defined. It's essentially an adjustment based on how Tua was handled a year ago and all the negative press that brought the league. And so it's becoming really, really difficult for players who suffer a concussion to end up playing again the next week, much more so than it has in seasons past. The concussion specifics for Jimmy G are a little bit cloudy. No skill position player so far this season has made it back the week after entering the concussion protocol. Jimmy G might be the first just because he finished the game and it was a little unclear about when it happened. But if you're betting, you're playing fantasy, you're into props, just remember that from kind of a change standpoint as you're watching throughout the week. And then the other thing, why we kind of really like the under, the Raiders with Patrick Graham, the defensive coordinator, are just playing the softest type of coverage that is bend and don't break to an extreme level so far through three weeks. And it's just taking the air out of games like no defense in the league is trying to do. They're not holding a lot of guys off the scoreboard. They're just letting teams walk down the field a couple yards at a time, and it's killing the game clock. And so when you're looking at the Chargers, a lot of pass-heavy options over the last two weeks. They're probably going to be forced into changing, keeping the ball on the ground. 
makes things look pretty interesting for Josh Kelly out of the backfield this week. Uh, but that's kind of how you attack the Raiders. So we think it slows down the Chargers. We think the Raiders' offense, whether it's with Jimmy G or without, is going to struggle too. That's what led us to the under. Uh, but those are some things to think about with the Raiders going forward. Adam, it's a little bit different, uh, but this is the end I'm on. If I asked you, tell me, Adam, the, the team that's going to have the, the worst record in the league and whether that team is going to come out the, of these, this group of 0-4 teams that we've got, you know, 0-3 teams that we've got playing each other, and then it's Broncos and Bears and you've got Vikings and Panthers. Is it going to be one of them? I, I ask you that because I watch Houston and Arizona, and, I, and I'll just use Arizona. I thought that's a team coming in that's going to you know tank. And, and try to get the number one pick. Trying to figure out here, Bears obviously hold you know their own in Carolinas. Uh, what do you think the chances are that it's them or a Carolina, or you think it's somebody else that ends up with the worst record and obviously the chance to get Caleb Williams should he come out? Uh, it's, it's, I'll say it confidently, either Bears or Cardinals. All right. And I would lean at this point. I would go, uh, I would go with the – boy, I'd go with the Bears. Put me on the spot just because – you have this like inevitable coach, offensive coordinator, quarterback, just yes. breakdown that's yes. already in progress happening. You have the defensive coordinator released from the team. We don't know who exactly is calling plays for the defense. You have every single starter in the secondary either on IR or on the injury report this week on a defense that was really bad to begin with. And so it's just this culmination of issues for the Bears that looks at this point like it's something that's really hard to solve. The Cardinals, on the other hand, not a good football team, got a very lucky win against the Cowboys with that injury situation they had on defense, got a lot of blown coverages. Dallas couldn't get the ball in the red zone despite being in it five times. The Cardinals still not a very good football team that are going to get crushed by the 49ers this week. Uh, but I think the Cardinals at least don't have these like severe underlying yep. issues. They're just void of talent. Uh, the Bears are just in trouble all the way around. Yep, they agree more. they absolutely are. I found this interesting. Um, you guys also released an over on New Orleans and Tampa Bay. Uh, is this like Jameis Winston revenge angle here? I mean, is that is that part of the <laughs> handicap? Because I I could see it. I could see it. Is that is that part of it? Just that they're going to let Jameis let it rip? There's like. 15 different revenge game angles this week throughout the card. It's pretty incredible. This is one of them, but it wasn't something that, that really went into what we were thinking. There's, there's two things with the Saints. One of them definitely has to do with Jameis. When you put Jameis in this offense versus Derek Carr or any other quarterback that's played recently for the Saints, you, just, you get a lot more deep downfield passing. Intended air yards per throw goes way up. That's just who Jameis is. He's not going to change. So you have this like added component of more aggression on offense for the Saints just by virtue of putting Jameis under center, whether it's good or bad. It's just volatility goes up, aggression goes up, that's what you get. So that's a plus for an over in a game that had an extremely short total. The other thing that adds in, the Saints get Alvin Kamara back. Uh, that's going to be huge out of the backfield. Arguably their, their best offensive weapon now if he's 100% good to go fitness-wise and acclimated into the game, that's going to be a big boost because the Saints have dealt with a couple injuries to the backfield so far this season. They just haven't had a consistent ground game. With Kamara added in, that's going to be a big boost. The third thing here, the Buccaneers offensive coordinator, Dave Canales, just was determined to run for 1.2 yards a carry against that great Eagles front on first down despite trailing by three touchdowns. Todd Bowles, 
called him out at the press conference earlier this week. And he's like, I appreciate him sticking to his guns, but we got to see more from the offense, especially on early downs. And so I think that forces the Buccaneers to put the ball in Mayfield's hand a little bit more on early downs and take some shots downfield. So let's, a couple things there brewing to the over. Let's hope so because it was it was it some at some points in that Eagles game it was brutal to watch their game plan. Oh, the worst. It's like I, I mean I I understand you have intentions. You know I understand that. And then once you do something 15 times and it doesn't work, you know, the onus is to adjust, and they they never did do that. Um, I got to ask you, Adam, because you you identified this before the season started. You called Jacksonville one of the two weakest favorites um, in the preseason in their division. Um, I I can't remember who the other one was, but you identified – It was Saints. It was Saints. Yes, it was. Yes, exactly. And – I, I, look, this is you. You deep. You dig a lot deeper into the the metrics and the analytics than I do. But 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 when I watched Jacksonville play, and I even brought this up on our show a couple weeks ago after they found a way to get it done against Indianapolis. I I bet on Jacksonville. It was an annual tradition, basically the last six to seven weeks of the year last year. So I was watching them very closely, um, and they played freely and they weren't afraid to make mistakes. Trevor Lawrence had four picks or whatever it was in the first half in that playoff game against the Chargers. Like they just felt a lot looser and 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 really pushed the throttle. And I watch them this year and it doesn't feel like that. It feels like Doug doesn't trust Trevor as much and now they're one and two. Uh is, is there something fundamentally broken with Jacksonville? Is this just some negative variance? Like what's going on with them from your eye? Yep, what's broken with them is the wrong person has the offensive play call sheet in their hands. It's got to get out of Press Taylor's hands, and it's got to get into Doug Peterson's hands, plain and simple. That's how the Jags fix this and switch it, and there was rumors that maybe it was going to happen this week. Doesn't seem like the case, but they need to make that switch immediately because it's just it's not working with Press Taylor. The other thing that's sort of causing problems is a lot of the film guys that I really respect have pointed out a lot of issues with wide receivers for Jacksonville specifically. Uh, They are letting Trevor Lawrence down far more than what they did a season ago. And so it's miscommunication on routes. It's drops. It's taking bad angles. A lot of them are not putting the blame on Trevor Lawrence and rather putting it on the wide receivers. And so they've got to work that out too. But the big issue with Jacksonville now, they got to get the play calling back to Doug Peterson. And I tell you in his press conference, he was as defeated and angry and upset as I have seen him in a long time uh, coming off of that loss against the Houston Texans. And so now it's a tough spot going all the way over to London. Yep. Let's see if they can resolve it, but they got to get him to play calling duties or he has to take it back rather. Uh, they got to make that switch soon. Was it, was that different from it? Was he calling plays last year, Doug Peterson? Was he doing that? A lot more influence over it. Now gotcha. this year in the offseason, he gotcha. made an emphasis to totally step away. Okay. Uh, he's got he's to gotta take back into it. Yep, there ain't no doubt about that, man. they got to get that corrected for sure. Hey, Adam, great stuff as always, Love man. Thank stuff, you. Love your stuff, Adam. Thank you. Thanks very much, guys. Enjoy yep. week four. Yes, sir. He is Adam Chernoff from Right Angle Sports. Uh, yeah, interesting stuff there. I, I was not Sharp as eye. yeah, I was not as uh, in tune with who was calling the plays there. Uh, but it is certainly less aggressive than it was a year ago. Um, and so they got to get back to what they were doing last year because it was working. Uh, it ain't about the Jimmys and the – well, it ain't about the X's and the O's. This one's about the Jimmys and the Joes. But their Jimmys and Joes are still better, though. They're all twos. They are all twos. So he literally – he said the second thing was a receiver problem. That's what yes. I told you. Yes, yes. 
Calvin Ridley, all those guys, they're twos. But they Christian did get Kirk, better. They're twos. In the room, though. They don't have a one that can get open for him anytime. They don't have that. Ridley's supposed to be that. Come you get Devontae. Come get Devontae, man. We, they got we, a bunch of twos. Yeah. Ridley's a two. Christian Kirk's a two. Zay Jones a two. Yeah, I agree with that. They don't have a one. I agree with that. That's part of it. His receivers, I mean, they like you really said, should trade Adam for Devontae. You, we, we, I'm sure we are in a position soon where we will for trade. For a guy like him. Give us a first for Devontae. We'll you, take it. For a guy like Trevor Lawrence, you need a bona fide one. I don't think Ridley's that, bro, and especially not coming off of the layoff he had. Right. He's more. He's better. He's a two. Yeah. It is hard to come back from a year without football. I mean, it just is. You can train as much as you want, but, but like, funny, look you, at Deshaun. Deshaun you, still ain't. You're right. You've been talking about something's wrong with Jacksonville. I told you last time we talked, it's the receivers. That was the second thing he pointed to. The play calling, all that, I'm with him. I didn't. I don't know. I didn't. Know Peterson's right. calling him last right. year, not this year. Whatever it is, he doesn't. He's the head coach. He should take it back. That offense doesn't look the same. That move should be made today. You know, you're exactly. you're the one with the confidence. You're the one with the and you're one that and we two. consider the genius. And you're yep. one and two, and we can tell that thing don't look right. That's like that's what I'd never. But understand. their receivers are bad too, though. That's what I never not understand. Bad. No one with with coaches. You know. Like if I was a coach and my expertise was defense or offense. Oh yeah, I'm not. It's not gonna suffer too long before I'm on it. Like I'm, I'm never relinquishing it to be honest. Because I'll go crazy. I'll go crazy because I, I, I need to call the things that I want to call. You know what I mean? If, if it's what I do, if I'm an offensive genius. I don't know, man. There's how other do I decisions. delegate? Some guys can't. I mean, I know that's you what McCarthy went back right, to. But you do it yourself. If it's struggling, I, I understand that. But when you're a head coach, you got the other stuff too. Maybe that's what's got McDaniel so crazy. That's more like you for know, me. I would use like that a, more of like during the week. Like you coach my guys up during the week, whatever, and you help them and you guide them and all that. And you work with them directly. But in terms of game day, I gotta be doing the script, man. Does McDaniel do the script for y'all? Yes. Well, see, that's the problem. That's why you make a I mean, boneheaded OC, move. But that's why you make a boneheaded move like the and isn't the coaching it, doesn't decision Mike McDaniel call the plays the in uh, in uh, what's in, in Miami? They, ain't he the guy? I'm assuming so. I mean, it's his, I, I, it's his it, offense. It's got to be him, bro. I mean, the, I mean they got an OC, but Bill Belichick. I mean, he didn't even have an OC. Two of the OC Man, in two. Miami. They had two, and none of them called plays. But back to the thing, like that—that that applies with Eberflus. Like, who's calling the Bears' defensive plays? Well, Eberflus is because he's the head coach, and yeah. that's what he did in Indy. Yeah. Well, I read he's taken over play calling. They're like completely. That's going to save everything. It's going to save the season. Defensive play calling? Yeah, bro. He's going to dial up some blitzes. Y'all going to get home? My, my with, point uh, is, our defense has been dead worst yeah, yeah, the last season have and no first playmakers. three games. That's a Jimmy's and Joe's no, issue. So that, that that's what I go back to. So how long am I gonna let another dude run a system where it's bad? I, well, I just I don't. It's, I'm gonna run it myself. Exactly. Now we don't have any players. To your point, y'all got nothing. Yeah. Well, our secondary. We, our players in our secondary, and they're all banged up. Yeah. Man, Quindell got a pick. I think he last did, week. He did. He did. You exactly right. Quindell Johnson and Calvin caught a touchdown. Good. T- it was a good weekend for Memphis Tiger football. Sure was. Uh, all right, we'll come back. Uh, Norton Hurd fourth is going to join us at 125. Talk to him about uh, Memphis basketball, recruiting, Cruden. all that and more. Stick around. Jason and John, 92.5 ESPN.